I think it's about the common experience. It's all about what unites us versus differentiates us. And I think everyone who has some kind of tag around their neck because of who they are, where they come from, how they think, how they show up, I think we all have a shared common experience of what it is to be a woman of color, a multicultural woman in this country and in the world at the end of the day. What we need to do really to unify, to support each other, to learn from each other, to lift each other up and to push forward so we can show up and exercise our voice and our worth, which is why we did this in the first place. Okay, that's our intro. That's our intro right there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, it's 2021. It's our first episode. Happy New Year. Hello, Happy New Year. We're in our new season for Color Forward, and appropriately so, it is Black History Month, and since we're all about highlighting women of color, it's really our privilege and honor to be able to highlight some of our Black guests. I want to ask the two of you why it's important as Hispanic women to highlight the stories of Black women. We all have our own lens of viewing the world, so For Black History Month, why is it essential for us to be sharing these stories? As a woman overall, I think it's important that we share our success stories. For me personally, I ask myself, where would I be without my Black sisters? Since my young age till today, Black women have played an instrumental role in my personal life, professional life, and spiritual life. And any time that I get the opportunity to talk about or to highlight the things that they've done in my life and that they continue to do for others, you can count me in. And that's what this platform is all about, elevating others. And I'm so honored to be able to do that today. I agree with Mirari. I think it's our duty, actually, to showcase this women. We have incredible, talented Black women as guests this month. And as it pertains to me, I wish we didn't have to do that and we didn't have to choose a month or episodes <laughs> dedicated to this to highlight this women that we could do it every day. And hopefully we are doing this through our podcast anyway, beyond the month of February. I love that we're kicking it off with an Emmy-nominated choreographer, tap dancer, founder of the hit female tap sensation Syncopated Ladies. Her story is inspiring. She has embraced possibilities, gone against the odds, and taught the world the language of dance. My name is Chloe Arnold. I am an African-American woman. I am a sister. I am a teacher. I'm an entrepreneur, I am a businesswoman, I'm a philanthropist, I'm an artist, I'm an activist, I'm a lover, and I'm a happy person. She'll tell you that she's more than a dancer, but her choreography has been featured on hit TV shows such as So You Think You Can Dance, Good Morning America, The Ellen Show, The Talk, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen's A Legendary Christmas, and over 40 episodes of The Late Late Show with James Corden. 
Chloe grew up in Washington, D.C., dancing in a studio in a strip mall in a small shopping plaza. It was not the most advanced training, but it was fun. And my mom, though, realized at a certain point in the training that I had an affinity for tap. We were supposed to get this duo choreographed by one of the teachers at the studio so that we could perform it, myself and my Korean sister. Her name was Katie. And the woman who choreographed our piece wasn't very interested in us. We were the women of color at the studio. My mom recognized that the duo was just not very good. She was like, this sucks. <laughs> my mom was very honest. She was like, this is terrible. So she was like, you know what? You guys go to Katie's house. Y'all make it up. Go figure it out. So we went to Katie's basement and we re-choreographed it. And then my mom came and looked at it. She's like, this is much better. And so that was kind of a key turning point of a couple things. One, recognizing that we were serious in our own right, that we were going to take leadership and ownership over what we were presenting. And that also, if someone underinvests in you, how to reinvest in yourself. One thing that it's interesting for us to reflect upon is sometimes how very small acts, even though they might be small, very, very intentional, can actually change the course of somebody's life for the better. And to really start pacing a path that maybe you didn't even think of yourself. And that's, I think, what definitely Chloe's mom did for her. We'll see today that that's had a huge impact on Chloe's future and how she's also then invested in other children and young women around the world. What does it look like for you when you come to that fork in the road where you have a choice to make a small act to change someone's life? How do you know that this is your opportunity? Because I feel like Chloe's mom did this intuitively and like in 20 seconds. Our mothers always want the best for us. And I think for those of us who are mothers now, right, we're trying to do that every day. But in this case, is how intentional she was to allow her daughter, Chloe, to explore possibilities beyond what there was available for them. And I think us, we need to think about sometimes even it might be about just saying the right encouragement or encouraging words to somebody so they can actually break through and really grab something that they thought they couldn't do or they couldn't say or they couldn't really fulfill into. And how many times sometimes we don't realize and how many times we could have been even more intentional than what we were by actually looking at maybe that little girl or that coworker or sister who might need the right words at the right time to lift her up. Yeah, it's kind of like owning the responsibility of showing people that they're capable. I may have a responsibility to show people what they're capable. What I admire about Chloe that she had the mentality, I could do anything. I have no limits. All you had to do was shed a little bit of light and she took it and ran with it. And she used it as a torch for the rest of her journey. We were ultimately raised in a single parent home with my mom, but foundationally, both of them really instilled in us that we are capable of everything we imagine, intellectually, creatively, athletically, emotionally. Like we had zero limits put on us by our family, which is so important. And, I, and I'm very tuned in 
when I'm training young people that not everybody has that. So I aim to instill that because you have to have people that like are rooting for you. Like there is no way that there, that you can't achieve what you imagine. She allowed her imagination to be limitless. And I think that was a, an amazing strength that allowed her to have no limits in what she was a- able to do. And this is when she was nine years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. It started so early. And because of the doors that her mom opened up for her, she had the opportunity to work with remarkable dancers. And she leveled up herself. She started working with these amazing dancers. And then she's like, okay, also, I'm going to Harvard. So I worked diligently and I, I ended up staying. And through that company that was in DC, I was able to take master classes with people like Gregory Hines, Eddie Brown, Buster Brown, uh, the Nicholas brothers. And that was really life-changing. So at nine, 10 years old, I was taking from the most renowned names in the art of tap. And they just happened to be coming to DC to give back. And I was one of the young people that was able to receive their knowledge and their inspiration and their lessons. And so by 10, I was telling everybody, I'm going to become a professional tap dancer and I'm going to go to Harvard Law School. And that was the plan. And uh, one of those came true. I actually did get into Harvard undergrad just because I had spoken it so much that I had to apply as part of my like, this is a choice. But I ended up going to Columbia because I wanted to tap and New York City and tap dance were the way to go. I think the trick for us sometimes is you're working or you're seeing somebody who may not have that determination or that will or something else might be happening. And then you just just need to be there to push them, right? To give them a little push to really make them discover what that capability is all about, what their full potential could be, and then help them see it so they can be it. And this is so important because society still today, the environment, things around us tries to hold women back. And it is so important to recognize that your environment doesn't dictate your future. Your failures do not dictate your future. Anything can be possible, but having someone to just give you a little nudge can just open so many possibilities and move you from the mindset of, oof, this failure was painful to I can do all things. First of all, I grew up in an inner city, right? So innately inner cities are designed to underinvest in the members of the community. So from the beginning, I was set up in a situation where underinvestment was the norm. And if you didn't see another standard or have someone feed you the inspiration that there is another standard, you just wouldn't even know there was another level to where you can be living or what you can be learning and what you can be eating and consuming. How do you find the right vehicle for yourself and for others so they can get to do that, right? And I think for Chloe, what's her dance? That was a vehicle. And I just wonder what everyone's vehicle might be and how, how you're going to use that to your advantage to really just, again, become the potential that you ought to be in this life. 
Yeah, and I love that she said she was locked into possibility when she was exposed to all of these dancers. So what happened was when I was in this dance company at 10, 11, I auditioned for a show. And that show got us the opportunity to perform at the Kennedy Center, to go to New York and watch Gregory Hines on Broadway and Jelly's Last Jam. And also Gregory Hines had just done the movie Tap. So I'm seeing this superstar on TV and now he's in front of my face teaching a class. And this was so vital for my awakening of possibility. And that's why so young, I locked into possibility because I was witnessing it firsthand. And so now instead of just what was around me, I was seeing like, whoa, it ignited my desire. We sometimes talk a lot about like, oh, we need to be role models, but we don't realize truly the importance of not just supporting and being there, but seeing, seeing yourself in somebody else so you can actually, again, become it. And, and I think that's why this conversation and listening to her story is so important because hadn't she had those role models that she could see and she could see what she could be and the fact that she could turn down Harvard <laughs> to do it and to be it without those role models for what we know she could be, you know, Harvard law grad right now rather than this amazing creative dancer who's doing so much for the world. Yeah, those role models showed her that she really could carve her own path. So even though she had set her mind on Harvard, she chose herself over her own goals, which is powerful. And the reason why she's happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's when we asked her, who are you? She said, and I'm happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, Rosa, you talk about these small moments and small choices, her mom really set the stage for her. We talk about rule breaking. Her mom was like, okay, my kid's future is more important than the rules. Yes, because this was the moment of the pamphlet. We did not have money, but we had imagination and we had faith in our ability to soar and to fly. Even if we didn't even know like where that might take us, we knew like we can do it. So my mom, this is really cool. My mom was resourceful. I mean, like, she is a resourceful woman. Okay. When you have, you know, three kids in a one-bedroom apartment, you figure it out. So she saw a poster up in the subway that was advertising Kaplan SAT studies. She took the poster from the subway, and the sign said, what if Harvard were your safety school? And because I had spoken it so much about, this is what I'm going to do. She got the sign, she put it on our front door. So every day that we went to school, that was the messaging that we had ingrained in our head. But I think it's not just the small act that is going to incite a choice that you or somebody that you're helping or supporting or help grow is going to take, but it's been intentional, right? It's what is the intention behind? So then all of a sudden you go, I see it. And I'm sure you all have had that small act that someone did for you that made you then look at whatever it was in a very different light so you could do it. I think for Chloe was that, you know, her mother ripped off that pamphlet, put it on the wall to remind themselves that they could do that. Like, I will never forget what it looks like. I will never forget what it made me feel. 
it was such incredible messaging. And so when Harvard became my safety school, it to me was this full circle of the power of thought. Everything that we say is an investment in either constructing what we imagine or destroying ourselves. We all have a safety something that we know we've been able to break through in order to get to what we are. And if we don't, I think we have our own responsibility to find what that safety thing might be and just go for it because it's worth it. I'm trying to construct all the things I'm imagining. Yeah, I think about my journey as an entrepreneur and the idea of building a business, bringing in revenue, all of that. One of my mentors said, think about how much money you want to make and then triple it and then start going after that number. And that's scary. That's asking someone to think bigger for themselves than they would think on their own. When you have those people pushing you and saying, what if you made Harvard your safety school? Like, whoa, that just opens up so many possibilities. The beauty of that is there are so many negative seeds planted each day that having people plant these positive seeds are so critical. And sometimes we don't realize one seed can grow to become who Chloe is today just because of that one act. Miradi, earlier you talked about how society isn't always built for our success. And then you have other people who are not rooting for our success. Something that I loved about Chloe is she created her all-female tap dancing band in 2003. And there were no open doors for her in that moment. So she had a choice. She said, either I wait until society brings opportunities to me or I create my own. And she wanted to put tap on the map and she went for it. She was 22 years old and she said, I'm going to create my own thing. When I was in New York, I, you know, had that initial dream of like, I'm going to go to Broadway and it's going to be amazing. And then I got to the reality of that, which is all the roles for female tap dancers were mostly white women, all the same body type in a chorus. There were no leading women and definitely no leading women of color on Broadway. Now, I could have stayed in New York and pressed against Broadway and tried to find a show that would let me in or where I could break the barrier. But there was a very special woman named Debbie Allen, who was my mentor, and I met her when I was 15. And she always taught me, if it doesn't exist, create it. And so instead of waiting for the guard to change, which is only happening now, by the way, in 2020. So this is 2003. I would have been waiting 17 years for something to not change. Okay. Instead, Debbie Allen gave me uh, her dance studio in LA to rehearse for free. And at 22, I started this company consisting of girls that were 11, 14, 15, 16, and I was like, hey, girls, want to be a part of something? We're going to rock out and we're going to do our own thing. And, and you know, it, it just seemed like, oh, a little cute dance company. That's what it looked like from the outside in. But in my imagination, we were going to put tap dance on the map. The actions that she took determined her future. And it's in responding and creating 
these moments that do not exist and take and having that faith in herself that she could do this, that Chloe was able to create this powerful and strong group of women that empowered other women now. Back then, they were supporting themselves. They were the community yeah. that each other needed to be yeah. the powerful women that they are today and to be able to today look back and say, we can empower others. We could pay it forward. And I tell you what resonated with me through the conversation with her is despite everything, is her joy, her absolute lack of resentment for it. On the contrary, how taking something like that made her stronger and even more determined to be successful on her own. I would say on her own inverted commas, right? On her own alongside the rest uh, as, as one. Right. And, and, and being, again, I go back to what Mirari said, happy, being happy, right. And irradiating that happiness of, you know what, I, I need, I, I can do this and we can do this. And that's, you know, that's not an easy, an easy thing to do because it's difficult to separate what makes you angry or when somebody is, you know, putting you down, right? It's difficult to take it out and then just take this, you know, what she referred to as what Michelle Obama said, right? When when they go low, we go high. It's easier said than done. And she she makes it look so easy. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. It's like she just does a tap dance and she changes the world. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. But that's also the cool thing about Chloe is that she took a love that she had and her mom saw it in her. So like if we're looking, going full circle, her mom said, you know what? I think you have an affinity for tap. Let's create opportunities for you. Chloe saw more possibilities. Then she started making them happen herself. And she has used dance this entire time as a reflection of her own identity. And now... I mean, talk about going deeper and deeper and deeper. So what started out as like a fun hobby turned into a career, turned into her language of self-expression. As a dancer, my dance is a reflection of just like who I am. Dance is just like speaking. When we're creating all of these things, it's really amplifying our voices and who we are more than like, oh, I'm doing cool dance moves and they go viral. It's not like that. <laughs> I think the reason they go viral is because we are literally just being ourselves fully. And I think that that inspires other people to do the same. And that's why people watch and why people support. There were rooms where I was not wanted, but I made my own. And I just wonder how many rooms are we creating? And in this case now, she's just not creating a room for herself, but she's creating rooms for other folks. And she's bringing people into that room. I watch someone find the language and then it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Like we have this young woman who's special needs in some regards. And when I tell you, we met her during this, right? And she started taking our classes online and how I've seen her evolve in eight months is so incredible. She is full. She is expressive. She is speaking. She is expressing herself. 
And it's all because she learned a language where she felt she was being heard and being loved and appreciated and respected. And so she's with us for life now. Like I already know that because of this language. And that's what's so exciting. And if you think about what she's able to do with all kinds of dancers and how she's managing to utilize that vehicle so folks achieve that full potential for themselves, it's very remarkable. So how are we creating those rooms where we can be who we are and fulfill on that potential? And how are we making rooms to allow others to fulfill into that potential? What, what does that look like? Imagine if we were to create a world where everybody could tap into their full potential and we were all together in one room that you didn't have to create your own. Yeah, and if it doesn't exist, create it. Yeah. As we're all talking about here, I let my imagination grow and I'm like, how big is that room? Yeah. Like, when you're opening a room, be like Chloe, open one that's worldwide do not put limitations on how big that room can be. You know, one of the things that I love about Chloe is that she's done all of these amazing things despite the odds. In fact, adversity has pushed her to work harder. And this just resonates with me. She just got me excited and motivated all over again. Throughout her life, she had people telling her she couldn't get into a tap company. She wouldn't get into Harvard. She got flagged from the industry when she started Syncopated Ladies. And I just love to say, but look at her now. She is a world-known, powerful woman. And those are the things that I admire her for, but also that give me that energy to go back and keep going and keep taking that next step forward. Remember when we saw the pictures of her, Rosa? When- oh my God. <laughs> yes, I wanted to be her. <laughs> yeah, she was so powerful. Just in her poses and in her yes, dancing. Yes, I remember that. It is so inspiring. Beyonce noticed her as a result of her putting in that hard work and creating her own room. And when Beyonce shared her work, it really shifted things for her. And it doesn't come without bad reviews or the haters, as we like to say, but there is reward. I guess it's two-sided. You get both when you're doing things big. It's funny because I think, and we've had this conversation before about conforming. So we have this tension of conforming to what we think we should do versus being who we are. And sometimes you're being told, yes, be who you are, be yourself. Bring your whole self to the stage to work. And then you do it thinking, okay, I got it. This is it. I am going to do it. I'm going to show up as as who I am. And all of a sudden, people don't like it. And that's exactly what happened to her. And that's when she again decided, you know what? I am just going to take it to a different place. And I am not going to let this push me down or determine who I will be in this space because I've worked too hard to get to where I am. And that resonates so well with me and I think with us in general, right? Because we are, again, being told all the time and we're, we're always playing this Vegas space of wanting to conform but really wanting to be who we are. 
I feel like I fight that battle daily. Yeah. I want to be more me, but I know that being more me is sometimes scary, sometimes risky. I don't know how people are going to receive me, and I hold myself back. And I've noticed when I'm free, I'm free. (laughs) But I sometimes put myself in the cage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that can be incredibly limiting. Incredibly limiting for, again, for really developing to not only what you want to do, but really that full potential that you have that you're repressing yourself from and from exhibiting. And I think that's why, and, and, and Merari, you remind us of this all the time, of having clarity about who you are, what your values are, what's your purpose, and going back to that center, what centers you? What is it that centers you that no matter what you do and the decisions that you make, you're going to go back and say, is that aligned to who I am and what I want to be and my purpose? And I think that's important because today in a social media society, society likes to say, be yourself and have your own voice. But society is also the first one to bullying you into being somebody else or into being how the majority or the minority think, whichever way you want to put it. And I feel that it's gotten harder to be yourself because more eyes are on you. And more eyes and more people are determining how people should act and what people should do and what is correct and not correct. That is being dictated more and more versus allowing you to be yourself, express yourself, and be who you are. It's the greatest lesson that we teach our young people. And I always tell them, I'm like, look, do not dance like Chloe. No. What I want you to gain from me is do you, because that's why things are working for me, because I'm doing me. You do you. You lock into who you are and then shine that light brighter and brighter in who you are. And I promise you, you will most importantly be happy, but then also you'll start to attract all the goodness because you'll actually be aligned with your purpose. I love that. Yeah. Because when you align with your purpose, it allows you to worry about you, put yourself first, and be happy, be joyful. I don't know how many people out there are not fulfilling their purpose and can say that they're happy. But I know a lot of people that say they're fulfilling their purpose and you cannot take that smile off their face, regardless how hard the situations may have been to get there. Yeah, try knocking me down. Yes. Just try it. (laughs) I dare you. (laughs) (laughs) Chloe's story is so inspiring. I mean, starting with her mom, investing in her, and then from there, she started creating her own possibilities, imagining more. She had role models to show her she's capable. Then she created her own path, finding her passion. And now she's passing it on to others. She's smart. She's innovative. She's mentoring and teaching dancers around the world. Now she has students ages 4 to 80 on Zoom, and she's creating her own rooms over and over again. She's saying, if I can't do this in person, I'm doing it this way. Like, I think what I love about her is the game never stops. She keeps on playing. She keeps on pivoting. She keeps on changing, and she always stays aligned to her purpose, and what it looks like may change but she always stays constant. I'm so proud that other little girls can look to us 
for inspiration, to be entrepreneurs, to be business owners, to create your own vision, to not compromise who you are at any point for success, but rather know your purpose and go for it. Chloe's story is one of great inspiration and a reminder to all of us that we have what it takes inside of us. However, it is up to us to nourish it with possibility or regret. I challenge everyone to not let others determine your worth and stop you from achieving your purpose, from laughing, from feeling that joy that we all deserve. And most important, do not let people bully you with their lack of imagination. You got what it takes inside of you. There's so much noise and you have to find the quiet and the love and the joy. And so that no matter what happens in this world, you have something you lock into that makes you feel like life is worth living. inspiring stories, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a guest you'd love to hear on the show, send us a DM on Instagram at colorforwardpod. I'm Elisa Monjadas, producer of Color Forward. Thanks for joining us and please leave us a review.